where you are shrinking yourself where others will feel good when they wouldn't do that for you. And I just had to stop because I didn't value myself. I didn't love myself. And it's like, I have to learn to love myself. Welcome to Revelations, the place where we communicate truth to power. I am Cole Johnson, and I am so glad you're able to join us. This next guest is family to me, and I'm sure she'll be family to you once this interview is over. Ladies and gentlemen, the host of the Mocha Minutes podcast and the moderator of the Ratchet Aunties and Uncles Hour, Stephanie Williams. Stephanie is her name, and this is her revelation. Hello, hello. Oh, man. Uh, Sunshine Incorporated. <laughs> And when I first met you, I was wondering, well, why would she be named Sunshine? Now I know. <laughs> now I fully know. Uh, it's a pleasure that you were here, and I hope that I do you justice. <laughs> oh, you, I know you will, so I am not even concerned about that. It's like, oh, it's yeah. cold. It'll be great. <laughs> well, since you're basically family to me, uh, I, I, I'm going to mix up things. Normally, I would treat first-time guests to a certain line of questions, and you would get some just for, like, a refresher. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, you're going to be treated mostly as if you can just walk to the refrigerator and pull whatever you want out of it. However, we are going to open a way for the people. I am talking to someone who lives in a beautiful city. It is called Baltimore. So what does Baltimore mean to you? And what did Baltimore mean to you growing up? So Baltimore to me means community. It's family, uh, love and warmth And for those who don't live in the city, they're probably like, what are you talking about? But I'm going based on the people that I know and care about, those who are doing things to enrich uh, themselves, enrich our city. That's what I'm going by. And also, literally the majority of my family lives here. So that's why I said warmth and family. Growing up, it was, uh, oh. It was still that. I think it was still warmth. Definitely was family. And also, um, at times it was hard, especially growing up. But you're growing up, you're going through normal uh, growing pains. And for someone, as as for everybody who doesn't know, I'm someone who is very transparent about um, mental health and my um, 
mental health issues. I'm somebody who uh, lives with depression. And so growing up, you know, puberty growing up is not, it's not the best when you're dealing with depression, especially when it's undiagnosed. So it was trying at times, but still warmth because of the parents that I had. Wonderful segue. Wonderful segue, because Mm -hmm. one of the things that I have noticed about you is that uh, you seemingly are like me, an anomaly of this world, which is you grew up with two parents in the house. (laughs) Right, right. I was like, oh my God, both of your parents are alive and together? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't know. Wow. Hmm. I didn't realize that made me a unicorn. I'm like, I feel like I'm not, but I don't know. And that's exactly how I feel. I'm like, um, that was just how I grew up. Mm -hmm. So uh, talking to a fellow unicorn here, (laughs) (laughs) if you had to describe your mother, I'll keep it simple. If you had to describe your mother in one word, which, what, what word would it be and why? Uh, Ooh, one word. Oh, I would say brave. And I say brave because loving, love is a verb and performing love the way that she does, especially when it was not poured into her evenly. She wasn't really taught that in the most intimate way. Um, is very brave because a lot of times I've found in our community uh, when it comes to some parents, some of the best parents are parents or good parents in spite of how they were raised. And my parents are products of that. Um, So it's the way that she loves is just, a way that touches me every time because a lot of people don't realize how um, amazing she is. And sometimes she doesn't amaze. She doesn't realize it herself. So when I compliment her, it, it touches her in a way because it's something she's not used to. And it's always, it always takes me aback when I say how proud I am of her. She kind of looks at me like, really? I'm like, yeah. And it, I don't know. She's so humble that way. It's it's interesting, but you know, she's very brave. She's a very brave person. Mm, that's if she choice a word. Uh, it's words. I I could see that. Yeah, uh, and and for those who need to be more indoctrinated in this wonderful soul, uh, she has appeared many times on Stephanie's podcast. And uh, oh man, <laughs> equal parts enlightening, wise. And absolutely fall on the floor humorous. <laughs> I will pose the same question for mm-hmm. your father. If you had to describe him in one word, what would it be? And why would it be that word? Humble. So I would use humble for him. He is one of these people who will just do things. No matter what, no matter how tired he is, no matter how frustrated he is. 
he's not somebody who says no a lot, especially to his family. Um, and if, if people are always amazed by how much he actually knows, because, you know, we live in a society who values like educational levels, like, oh, you got a bachelor's, you got a bachelor's, a master's, a PhD, doctorate, whatever. That means that makes you great. And I am someone who has a father who does not have a bachelor's or a master's or doctorate um, or a PhD. And he's one of the smartest people I know. And he literally is the embodiment of um, books don't make you smart. And if, and he'll just do things without, he's like, I, I, don't, I don't care if y'all think it's menial. He's like, I'll do it. You know, when we, um, our first church, you know, he was the person that would do cleanup, set up everything. It was kind of like everybody trusted him to do it because they knew he would do it correctly. And he would pay attention to all the tiny details. It's kind of like he doesn't mind being background because he's like, he's very big picture person. He's like, I don't need to be in the spotlight. I don't need all the praise. He's like, I'll just do it. Cause that's just the humble guy he is. Wow, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so, wonderful man. And does not surprise me at all. And also doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all that your brother as well is a wonderful man too. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Let me tap into the 15 year old Stephanie. So if you were to be within your four oh. walls uh, back when you were living with your parents and you would put on your headset, what type of music would you be listening to? I would definitely. Wow. 15. What year is that? Oh, geez. No, I'm not dating myself. So probably R&B and pop. That was my thing. I wasn't really big into rap because at that time, you know, gangster rap was a thing. But like if it came on the radio, I would like it. So I was very much like the radio edit person. I'm like, oh, radio edit, I can do it. Um, So it would definitely be R&B, the SWV, the Mary J. Blige. Um. But also because of how like the music my parents grew up on, I liked the Commodores because my father liked the Commodores. He he loves the Commodores more than Lionel Richie by himself. He's very much <laughs> more like versus the Commodores. It's so funny. My mom's a huge Barbra Streisand fan. Phyllis Hyman, she, you know she loved 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 her. I think I but I also grew up on movie soundtracks so. The I, you guys can fight me on this, but the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack is literally one of the best soundtracks ever. Any soundtrack that you have, two songs by Whitney, CC Winans, Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle, Shaka Khan, like, get on out of here. It's like, I, I'm sorry. This soundtrack wins hands down. Somebody actually tried to argue me down and said, I should have added the Players Club soundtrack to my top 10. I said, you are outside <laughs> of your mind. If you say, it's like, sir, I get it. It's a cult classic for you. Whenever I think the Players Club, I never think the music. I think the movie. I get it. But the, the soundtrack, nah, son. 
No, you can miss me with that. Absolutely not. Host of the Mocha Minutes podcast, the moderator of the offshoot of said podcast, the Ratchet Aunties and Uncle Zauer. And I'm going to ask her about that later. Stephanie Williams joining us on Revelations. And she opened the way for us beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you one of my first time guest uh, uh, segments in lieu of another one. And I'll tell you the segment later. You could tell this woman has a purpose. And I want to delve a little bit deeper behind said purpose. Mm-hmm. All right, so let me take you back to college. Oh, boy. All right, so what was the best and the worst thing about being a student at Townsend State? So, so it's Towson. Towson, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for correcting me. I love me. it. <laughs> thank you so wonderfully for correcting me. Thank you. Thank so, you. Thank you. I think the best part about it is the friends that I made. Uh, yeah, it's the friends I made. I have a friend that I've literally been friends with her since, yeah, 2001. And we are still friends. Um, and I'm just like thinking of like how long we've been friends. I'm like, seriously, this is one of the friendships or relationships. And it's one of the longest relationships I've ever been in. Um, so I think the friends that I made uh, the lessons that I learned uh, subtly, um, indirectly excuse me, about what white supremacy is, because I went to a predominantly white, I went to a PWI or predominantly white institution for everybody who doesn't know. Um, and you see that firsthand. And at the time, you don't know what's going on. But the further you get away from college, you're like, oh, my. Whew. It right. was a doozy. So I think also that was probably the worst part of it is dealing with the white supremacy. Um, the subtle racism that you have to deal with, well, not only uh, your teachers, but also people you have to share space with. And I was very fortunate enough to where, actually, no. My freshman year, um, I had two roommates and they were both athletes. They were swimmers. So they had to get up at like the butt crack of dawn because of course they had practice. My roommates decided to blow dry their hair at like six or seven o'clock in the morning. Oh, good Lord. And I'm sitting, I think I gave her like one morning, I gave her this look and she was just like, uh, oh, I'm like, girl, it's seven o'clock in the morning. Why are you blow drying your hair? Like I'm not here. And then one day it was super hot. And of course, because they swim a lot, they had, and this, and this is on me. This is also my faux pas because one, you don't touch people's things. I literally put mm. her things in her, um, in her, uh, I want to say laundry bag. And she was super pissed with me, but she didn't want to oh, confront me because mm. 
I was black and she didn't, I guess she thought I was going to get quote unquote hood with her. And I probably oh, would have, no. <laughs> but I probably wouldn't have because, you know, at my, at my big age, I can just go, yeah, I shouldn't have touched her stuff. It was like a period. I'm like, it's even though it's like, we're trying. And then they had a black friend, had a black gay friend. And he was like, she's just a little upset. And this is, he was trying to be the buffer and it's fine. And I guess they were like, you talk to her cause you're black and she's black and you guys can talk. And I was like, the hell It's like, that's not how this works. <laughs> this is not how this works. I'm like, I, I don't know what playbook you got, but that's not how this works. So uh, that taught me a lot. But then I got a black roommate and it was this weird thing where she wasn't friendly. And, uh, and for mm. me, I went to an all black high school where it's like, everybody was black. So I was so used to black people. Then I come to a PWI and you know, you didn't realize there's like, there's a class system a little bit. And that was the other thing. It's like, Ooh, you, you get introduced to, you know, white supremacy, you get introduced to colorism, you get, you know, introduced to, you know, not realizing this is what it is, but respectability politics, you, you get an anti-blackness, you get introduced to all of that at a young age and you don't realize that's what's going on. And you're just like, wow. Anytime, like when I met people, and these are all the black people. They're like, oh my God, Stephanie, you're so nice. You don't act like a Baltimore person. Say what? I- I'm sorry. What? <laughs> How do Baltimore people act? What do you think? And so whenever I hear people down Baltimore, I'm just like, okay, this is not the Baltimore that I know. And it's like, I'm, I guess I'm taking it purely personal and I'm like, Taking it, I'm getting very offended by it because there are some amazing people in Baltimore, and to hear people who one don't live here or just go, oh my god, or see that the quote the murder rates and just go, oh my god, this is terrible, and you live there, you don't have bullet holes. No, it's like I, I've never seen a gun before. I don't have bullet holes. I've never been shot at. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I've, no, I'm not on the crack. (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, you know, I don't have gold teeth. I mean, I don't know. And the thing about it is, if I had any of those things, I would still be a good person. So get out of my face. Like, leave me alone. Drink bleach. That's how I feel. Drink and, and if all those things, And if all those things were to happen to you, you still would be a good person, too. I mean, <laughs> the, yeah. the narrow scope of how people view life in terms of where you live it, it's it's ridiculous to me the the, the concept no. of the city as far as a baltimorean is concerned is quite different and a whole lot more comfortable than it is for the people who have the perception outside mm-hmm. of baltimore we might touch on that later but uh i mean I, yeah i i never quite understood that yeah mm. It's ooh, Chile. Ooh, Chile. Now you brought up an interesting uh, subject matter. You talked about T- PWIs versus HBCUs, and you sort of had an HBCU-ish mm-hmm. uh, experience, although it wasn't at a college. You said you went to all black high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one, did you want to go to an HBCU? And two, if you did, how do you think you would be? So. The HBCU that was closest to me was Morgan. And at the time, they didn't have my major at the time, which was nursing. So 
the interesting thing about that is that if Morgan had nursing, I would have went to Morgan. So essentially I would have went to HBCU at the time. I didn't know that there was going to be this whole, Oh, you went to college. Oh, you didn't go to an HBCU. Mm, You're not really black. I've gotten that look of, you know, that whole, mm, Oh, already. If you didn't have the homecoming experience that HBCUs have, and let me just, I'm like, I'm sorry. The only experience that you need to have of a, of a homecoming is going to an HBCU. Like, just go to Morgan's homecoming. That's how I felt. It's like, because we, like, people would, like, go to Morgan's homecoming. Like, we're at Towson going, yeah, we're, so we're going to go to Morgan's homecoming because it's lit. <laughs> it's like, why, why, why would we go to our homecoming? I'm like, it's not lit here. Like, so we're just going to go. But I I didn't realize it was going to be such a big thing. I didn't realize until after I got out of college. It was just like, wow. It's like, uh, Ooh, it's just just racism the damage it has done to so many people and to this country and it's still doing it to this country just mind boggling and, and what I don't get is that it's so irrational <laughs> and illogical mm-hmm. like it don't make sense Mike y'all realize right. this does not make sense I mean yes there are inherent there are inherent advantages to each culture. It doesn't matter which culture from which you come. I mean, there's there's just certain things that a culture does that is uniquely theirs. I'm fine with that. However, when you get past that, when you get past that tribalism, when you break things down, you realize that well, no matter how light or dark the shade of the skin, uh, we pretty much want the same things. I mean, we just do, uh, and yeah. And- So can I just, and this is a little caveat. This has nothing to do with our conversation, but, and I love all the names for him. I really do. I had to block him because one, I don't like seeing our people used as torture porn and somebody profiting off of that. Torture porn. He is a, he likes seeing black trauma torture porn. Like I can't. And if anybody who doesn't know, um, I am talking about, Let's see. Uh, Talcum <laughs> X. Sean. Yeah. SK. We, we'll stop there. Um, because let me just tell you, homeboy, I, I, I hear, I saw all the threads. I hear all the stories. I hear them completely and I absolutely believe them. Homeboy is absolutely, it seems, allegedly a scammer. However, the conversations about him being black or white is what troubles me because I am just like, so there are people who are actually his complexion that we don't question their blackness. And because the rumor about his, um, his lineage or his ethnicity or whatever word you want to use was actually started by a white supremacist group. So there's that. And then it was perpetuated by other people. Um, I have a big problem with watching other black people perpetuate that. I always have. However, homeboy be scamming and we can focus on that. Homeboy be stealing. We can focus on that. I'm sorry. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly scamming and stealing and no, lying. I'm blown over Taco Max. Oh my gosh. That's my favorite oh, one. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, yes, I, I do know the uh, hmm, wh- wh- h- could I actually say reporter? I guess reporter of which you speak. I know exactly what you're talking about. 
Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I forever shake my head at him too. Uh, good lord. Uh, well, this is a wonderful segue <laughs> uh, because, well, dealing with all things slavery and all things Jim Crow and even all things today's racism times as well. You are an advocate for mental health and and therapy. Now, you mentioned mental health before. Uh, when mm-hmm. did you come into uh, wanting therapy for yourself? When I was, after a really, oh God, after a really bad breakup and I was just angry all the time and that anger was turning inward, I was lashing out. I I didn't want to be around everybody, but I didn't also want to be alone. Um, and I didn't realize I didn't realize how much harm I was doing to myself. And I was like, I, and I, it was actually my mother and I, we were at a market and we were like, about to go to the store. She's like, I just need to say this to you. She's like, I need you to go and get some help because you are harming yourself. You are hurting yourself. It's like, you don't allow yourself to feel. And it was true. I, I was, I'm a person that I always want to make everybody else around me feel good even if they're harming me, I would like swallow my feelings and it's taken me a very long time to stop doing that where, and that's harmful where you are shrinking yourself so that others will make what others will feel good when they wouldn't do that for you. And they actually will make you feel like crap if you were to do that to them. And I just had to stop because I didn't value myself. I didn't love myself. And it's like, I have to learn to love myself. And that meant that I had to allow myself to be vocal about my feelings. And I had to allow myself to let people know, hey, you hurt me. We can work this out, but I need to stop letting you get away with hurting me and me not saying anything. And it's it's funny that we're talking of this and I'm about to lead into the next question because... If I were to describe your show, one of the ways I would describe it would be it is a safe space. Another would be it is catharsis. Mm-hmm. And another would be I feel seen. What mm-hmm. would be the proper origin for Mocha Minutes? Mm, I think, um, one, I, I'm somebody who started journaling and I'm I see the value in journaling, but I'm somebody who can't stick with journaling because I'm like, I got to write this out. And sometimes I'm like, I'm not near a a piece of paper to write it out. And so I started listening to podcasts and I started listening to podcasts that talk about um, current events, but also infusing it with nuance based on their own personal experiences. And I was listening to the Blackout Tips and it it was a feedback show. And He's reading a long email and he said, you know, guys, if, and it wasn't like in a shade way and I hope people didn't take it this way, but if you have all of these uh, opinions and all these thoughts, you should definitely start a podcast. And it wasn't in the way of, I don't feel like reading all y'all, all y'all opinions, but it was more of a, 
in a weird way, and I think I told Rod this, um, to just use your voice. Because even though I get to do this, it doesn't mean your voice isn't valuable and your voice doesn't matter. It's like, use your voice to express how you feel because you will find that there are people who agree with you, obviously, because I listened to his show. Um, And then going into planning for the show and actually finding things to discuss, it was, I was like, wow, this is like not, it's not easy. It's like, wow. It's like trying to um, provide context to so much that's going on in our world and try not to um, be disingenuous or performative just to get clicks is a hard tightrope to do. And as somebody who listens and produces a podcast, I can tell the difference. On my show, I am never going to have a guest that I know I'm going to be at odds with. So you'll never see me have a, have a guest on my show that is a out and out racist or somebody who's on the far right or somebody misogynistic or transphobic or xenophobic. I'm never going to have that person on my show because one, I think that's ridiculous. Like you're not going to take me out of my character. Cause you know, it'll take like three seconds and I'm ready to cut somebody out. Uh, so, or I'm going to call you trash to your face. And I'm like, I don't want to be taken out. I don't want to waste my pretty on that. So when I find guests, I always, one, I try to find guests who are people of color because I want to actually branch out to have more of color people, if that even makes sense, instead of just saying, I just want black people on my show. I'm like, it's a black show. It's definitely going to be majority black guests. But I also want to have um, a lot more people in the diaspora and also more non-white people because their voices are being silenced as well. And I'm like, if I can provide a, um, a table for them to sit and pr- to bring their issues to the forefront, I definitely want to do it. Host of the Mocha Minutes podcast, Stephanie Williams, joining us on Revelations. Oh, my. Well, you opened the way. We got behind the purpose of why you are the person you are and why you make this wonderful show called Mocha Minutes. Uh, we're going to bring to light something. I want to talk about your Mocha Minutes podcast offshoot. Now, explain to me the show, or at least the the offshoot that is called the Ratchet Aunties and Uncles Hour. Now, <laughs> it it's not quite like Mocha Minutes, but it has some Mocha <laughs> Minutes elements in it, as I as I have heard. So, ex- explain the, the the genesis of it. Uh, the purpose of it and the, the participants also of it. Okay. So the Ratchet Aunties and Uncles Hour happened pretty organically. So for me, I um, have a different guest every week. And one week I had on 
Asa, who um, does Lithium to Lashes, is a extremely wonderful blog that talks about uh, makeup and mental health. I had Ricky, who is uh, one-fourth of Storytellers, but also he's a great um, auto, audio editor, and I say graphic designer, and he says more motion graphic designer. I think he does both. Um, and then I had Jay, who is, um, he does storytellers. He does the dream team. He's also a comedian out in Seattle. So they were all on the Mocha Minutes show and we had a really good conversation. And I remember, and you know, I do a lot of group chats with a lot of my guests and I think it's probably like either right after or the next day, I was just like, we have really good chemistry. And they were all like, yeah, we agree. And I'm like, how about we do this? Like on a, you know, a consistent basis. Let's, let's say bi-weekly. They're like, okay. And it was great because, you know, they all have busy lives and it was kind of like that kind of um, occurrence is, is one comfortable for everybody that they're still able, we're all still able to do what we want to do, but still is something to look forward to. So it's us four. And we don't really have a lot of guests. We've made heavily, like, like we've only had about 16 shows and we've had maybe like one or two guests because it's four of us. And so uh, I like the thought of guests because I'm like, hey, like, you know, the more the merrier for me. But I understand Bucky's point where it's like if we get a little, like it's a lot of people. <laughs> it's like it's already four of us. And so like you get like a, more people you add. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I didn't get it at first. I get it now. Um. So we call it the ratchet aunties and uncles because we're all over a certain age. And I know there was that debate about um, women being called auntie and how ageist it can be. And I'm sorry, I as, as someone who enjoys being called an auntie, and but it's a name I gave to myself. I also can see ageism in it because for a while, calling a woman an auntie was a little ageist. Um, and, and so I get it. I see both sides to it. I'm on the side of, I don't mind being called an auntie. I am actually someone's physical aunt. So I'm like, it's fine. I am probably an auntie, so it's fine. Um, so we're all a certain age and we're all, we all can reminisce on certain things and we can watch how society has turned when it comes to interpersonal relationships, how we treat women, how we, how men treat women, how men treat other men, how we treat, um, LGBTQIA folks, how we look at situations, how music has changed, all of that. We can look at it with a more um, wise lens, per se. Um, And we just discuss it. For the most part, Ricky always gives us a story because he has tons of stories. Um, I also have retail stories. Sometimes I don't mind sharing them. Other ones can be very painful, and I'm like, let me not just share them. And sometimes we just talk about each other's lives. I mean, and then we talk about one main topic that we all saw. And I was like, yeah, let's talk about this. We'll just go, yeah, let's talk about it. And usually we always have a fun time talking about it. Um, and we all bring our um, views in it with, and also add the mental health aspect to it because a lot of times we try to have an empathetic and sympathetic um, 
view on things. And I think we do a good job with that. And it's always a good time. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't quite know how to react when I heard the first episode of it. I was like, wow, this, this is going to be quite interesting. Okay. I'm like, all right, let's see how this flows. Because it's rare that you actually see any type of any type of content where you have an equal representation of genders uh, of any sort. Mm-hmm. It's rare that you see two women and two men at the same at the same time on the same platform. And quite frankly, I, I tip the cap to all four of you treating one another equally, all four of you. Uh, and it, it it does feel as though we're we're sort of like the fly on the wall listening to a conversation that 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 you would like to participate in but you know you really can't because it's just those four and they only hear what the (laughs) other three are saying they can't hear what the others outside of those four are saying and it's it's enlightening and actually it's encouraging too because i think just by you four being the way you all are it's it's as if you're just chopping down the norms the the stereotypical norms that many women can can't get together and be with with one another that that uh, many women can't respect one another that many women uh, that there has to have this battle of the sexes uh confrontation every time you get them together i don't feel any of that energy and i'm so glad that i don't feel that energy I feel that energy of, okay, it's four people and they all look at each other like siblings and they conduct, they conduct their conversations. Like it's like, okay, yeah, it's two brothers and two sisters talking. And, and I love how all of you have the respect for each of the viewpoints that you all have. As different as all four of you are, it's beautiful to see. And I do notice with you. Uh, you are such, you're such the wonderful moderator. There's times you interject and say what you feel and say your piece in certain, uh, subjects and topics. And then there's other times you just back up and you let Asa, Jay, and Ricky steer the bus. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and I can see why you would yeah. do that because all three of them are strong personalities in their own right. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, all right. So who picks the topics? Is it, just one or is it all four of you come with something that you want to speak about? So a lot of times, like sometimes I'm, I may just pick the topic and usually I'll say, are you guys comfortable with talking about this? And if they're like, no, it's like, okay, let, let's talk about this. Um, a lot of times I'm like, Ricky, do you have a story about, do you have a story for us this week? He's like, oh yeah, yeah I got a story. So a lot of times I don't, ask Ricky for a certain kind of story. I just go, oh, you got a story? And for Ricky, what he'll do, if he knows what we're talking about, because usually we kind of like talk like, hey, does everybody want to talk about this? And he's like, oh, I got the perfect story that'll go along with that. I'm like, oh, okay. And it's fine. And it just flows. Yeah, it does. I, I, I'm amazed how it flows. And it's like, wow. And you would think that this is just, just straight off the cuff stuff, but this actually had a, a tangent. <laughs> Surprisingly <laughs> so. Tangential. I got that from Zach Levi. The word tangential. I'm like, oh. Yeah, it is. A that's thing. a thing. Mm-hmm. It can be tangential. I'm like, no, wow. Fine. All right. It, it actually, I actually saw the beginning to the end and it didn't really go off the rails. Well, this is impressive. 
This is impressive. <laughs> and I, I have respect for the other three too. And uh, yeah, Asa, Jay, Ricky, all three of them are hilarious. And I've learned a lot from all of them. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And uh, if you want to be entertained by real conversation with four people, that is something that I think you need to hear. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful listen. And you would not think that an hour and a half has flown by. You would think, wow, really? It's over? Good Lord. I thought it just started. It was like, this is like 15 minutes in. It's done? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. An hour and a half conversation (laughs) between those four. It almost seems like it's like 20 minutes. I'm like, geez. Yeah, it's amazing. You were a panelist Mm -hmm. uh, this past June in the Afros and Audio Podcast Festival. So how was the experience mm-hmm. for you? Um, it was and it was my first podcast festival. And here I am going to be on a panel and I was so nervous. Um and I was just like, oh my God, what if they don't like me? I'm like, and the thing about this, I didn't know what questions were going to be answered. I just knew I was going to be on a panel. And, and so I didn't know exactly what the questions were going to be, but the good thing about it was as soon as you get up there, cause we were the first panel and this is the inaugural um, festival and I'm with the first panel. And when you get up there, all you see are lights and I'm like, Oh good. I can't see anybody's face. I'm, I won't get nervous. Uh, and it was great because Asa actually was able to come. So it was like, Oh yeah, Asa's going to be here. So it was great to like see her and it was great to be in that room. It was so much energy and it's so much good energy and there are people who genuinely all wanted to learn they wanted to give knowledge and they wanted to get knowledge and they also wanted to meet other creatives especially you know with podcasting it's so vast and it's so small at the same time um and i was just honored to be in the building with so many amazing amazing folks there are a lot of people who are based in new york and so i'm like oh my gosh this is not that far and then i just think about all the stuff that i want to do i have this daunting daunting thing that i want to literally have everybody that i met at Afros and audio as a guest on mocha minutes and i'm like that is going to take some work and some scheduling and some planning and i know it is and i'm like but it's going to be amazing to do and I'm like, ah, just, I felt so full leaving. And I met some great folks. One of them happens to be our, our, our mutual friend, CEO Hayes. And I was like, to meet him face to face, one, he's a great guy. And I remember as soon as we got off the, off the, um, off the panel, he's like, I don't want to hear that you shy again. I don't want to hear that you ever can't do no live show again because I can't wait to go to your live show. And I'm like, and I'm like live show and I'm like the thought of live show didn't become like a actual thought thought until I was there I'm like I think I can do a live show and now I'm like formulating how can I do a live show it's like it's it's thought in my mind and it's like it's exciting and I'm just like "Ah, I don't know how this is gonna work I'm excited oh my so it was was such an amazing time it was such an amazing time it's just really Mm. good people and I'm just like, oh, it was, it was just a great time. The host 
of the Mocha Minutes podcast, the moderator of the Ratchet Aunties and Uncles Hour offshoot of Mocha Minutes, Stephanie Williams, joining me on Revelations. Well, we just brought to light something. We walk behind a purpose. She already opened the way. We're going to debut a new segment on this show as we bring it home. And that segment is called Right at Home. Is it called right at home well as you have heard this wonderful person is a podcaster herself so normally i like to be the the gregarious host and make a person feel as though they haven't stepped outside of their home so i'm going to take something from their show integrate into mine and she actually mentioned it when she described her show she sets low mid and high key segments and I am deciding to bring a high-key subject matter to the table here. She has an interesting take on Donald Trump, Agent Orange, 45, whichever opinion and name that you decide to label the guy. (laughs) And you also understand that she's from Baltimore. I want to discuss the time last month when Mr. Trump decided to talk ill about Representative Elijah Cummings. Hence why I said high key, because I knew when I broached this, that it was going to be one of those, oh boy, type of moments. So to bring you all up to speed, Representative Cummings basically was not feeling the wall uh, that uh, President Trump has been wanting to put forth. And he said that he wouldn't support the president on on the wall and the things that he are, he is doing to undocumented people who are needed to be deported back. To that, our wonderful president decided to tweet the following. Quote, Representative Elijah Cummings has been a brutal bully, shouting and screaming at the great men and women of the Border Patrol about conditions at the southern border when actually his Baltimore district is far worse and more dangerous. His district is considered the worst in the USA. Dot, dot, dot. Close quote. Okay. And to that, all I have to say is the floor, madam, is yours. So let me just say this. Homeboy was mad that uh, the so I guess the person who's in head head of border patrol they're having congressional hearings and so Elijah Cummings was like the guy was like oh the conditions are fine he was like no they're not he started yelling at him and said there are kids in cages people who don't have clean water what do you mean they're fine what are you talking about man so then that sent you know you know, Cheeto fiasco into a tizzy and like, oh, he's a bully. He's this, he's that. And then his district is terrible. And I'm like, this is when you know this man doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, because the, it's very interesting 
that a lot of people think that racism only includes the use of racial slurs. That's the only way you can like clearly call it racist is if you use a racial slur. And let me just tell you about all the racism that went into him attacking the four representatives of color, him attacking Elijah Cummings, people who were opposed to him in some way. See, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, any other white politician that he has ever given him any sort of opposition or pushback, he has never attacked his constituents, because I believe one of the members of the squad, her district is a very white district. So it's actually pretty funny to say that their districts are terrible when you only use that categorically for black and brown neighborhoods. And that's what Donald Trump thought about Elijah Cummings, even though his district and Maryland itself has done redistricting. A lot of people don't know that it was quietly done a few years ago. So a lot of people's districts have changed because they redistricted a lot. They did a lot of districting in Maryland. So for him to say that and for people to run with it, because of course that's the narrative for inner quote unquote, big inner cities like Chicago and Detroit and Baltimore is, you know, they're high crime. They're disgusting because those are where a lot of black people live. Because the narrative is black people don't care about their neighborhoods. Black people don't um, care about anything. They're savages, they're animals, and all of this other colorful, quote unquote, non-racist language, which is racist language that we like to use to watch the president of the United States, a office that everyone said we should respect, but the person who holds it does not even respect it. It's laughable to me. It is disgusting to watch someone attack his own constituents. Meanwhile, the Republicans are having some sort of retreat or convention in Baltimore in the next few months. I would love for y'all to like excuse this away. It's like, this is, I'm sorry. I'm not on my show because I will not curse. This is utterly ridiculous. It's like it's utterly ridiculous for everybody to make all of these excuses and to say he's not racist when he is being unequivocally racist. Because unless he's using a racial slur, which I'm sorry, y'all, he was this close to using. Y'all won't categorize him as racist, but y'all have no problem categorizing um, Representative Omar as an anti-Semite. Y'all have no problem throwing that around. But how dare we say that your president is racist? That is hilarious. That is Jeff Bezos levels of wealthy to me. It's not rich. It's wealthy for y'all to actually do all of this. And to watch other people, other black people say, Donald Trump has a point. You have lost your ever-loving minds because you don't know this city. You don't know how many community organizers, how many people clean up their neighborhoods. I had parents who cleaned up their neighborhood and just did it because they wanted nice stuff. Stop thinking that black people don't like their own stuff or that we don't like nice things because of some odd reason you think we're animals. We're not. There are black people who love this city. Elijah Cummings loves this city. And some of the richest people live in his district. He's in Baltimore County. As if that makes a difference. That makes a difference to some people. Some people won't know the difference. 
but I know the difference. And Elijah Cummings has not, he is not new to Congress. He has been doing this for a very, very, very long time. And he has always cared about this city. And he is not scared of Donald Trump. He is not John Lewis. John Lewis ain't timid. That's not what I'm saying. But don't think Elijah Cummings won't like rip you a new one. Just like he did that guy from Border Patrol. Because he could smell BS. Do not BS him. It's like, uh, no. And please don't disparage a city that you're going to ask for, your, for their votes for in February. Please don't play me. You are going to ask Baltimore for your votes. There is an absolute reason why New York did not go to Donald Trump in 2016. It went to Hillary. There is a reason. They remember him. It's like, please stop giving credence to racists. Don't look for a little colonel. Some little way say, oh, well, he has a point. He actually doesn't. He is a liar. So why are you actually giving credence or any kind of audience or any kind of benefit of the doubt to someone who lies every single day that he stands in front of someone? He is a liar. He has been a liar for decades. But for some odd reason, y'all are so scared to vote him out because it embarrass your effing party your party's already a joke y'all are a joke period get off your duff and go out there and vote and if you don't want to vote for some odd reason take somebody else to go so they can vote and i'm so glad that elijah cummings didn't back down to president trump i'm so glad he didn't he's like no i said what i said because it's true it has always been true The conditions at the border are deplorable. That's it. That's the tweet. Host of Mocha Minutes Podcast, moderator of Ratchet Aunties and Uncles Hour, Stephanie Williams, joining me on Revelations. Well, that is all that we have. But before we go, the last segment is plug tuning. <laughs> and in honor of De La Soul, we definitely want to plug, plug, plug away. So, Stephanie, how can the good people find you? So you can find the Mocha Minutes podcast uh, on a lot of different podcatchers. The main ones are Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, TuneIn, CastBox. Also, if you look on Luminary, we're there as well, or in or any other um, podcatcher you use. Uh, the for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, the show handles is are. At Mocha Minutes, it's all the same handle anywhere you look. And my Twitter, um, if you would like to follow me, it gets a little bit ratchet on there, but that's fine. Is Sunny Quote That? That's S U N N Y T W O T E T H A T. Because I said what I said and I wrote what I wrote. So please find me there. You can also shoot me an email, Mocha Minutes at gmail.com. Why is it every time I think Nene leaks when you say your Twitter handle? 
said what I said. <laughs> oh my. Every time I talk with this woman, I have such a wonderful time. And this was no different. The host of Mocha Minutes podcast, moderator of the Ratchet Aunties and Uncles Hour, Stephanie Williams. Stephanie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. If I had to describe Stephanie in one phrase, it would be one huge positive ball of energy. That's the description I have when it comes to her, because every time I'm around her, I just feel good. I just feel good vibes. And whenever I've I've ever felt bad about anything, just her presence has made me feel better. And then we start talking and it makes me feel even better after we talked and we all need a presence like that in our lives well this woman is definitely that presence the word says your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path and that is what Stephanie is she is a lamp and she is a light and we all need lamps and lights in our lives Something to illuminate the way when it's all dark or it seems dark or can be dark. It's wonderful to have an ally who shines a light on everything, whether it's good or bad. Many thanks to Stephanie and you can catch her on the Mocha Minutes podcast and that information is in the show notes. For changing the world, one conversation at a time. I'm Cole Johnson, and this has been Revelation. For more on Revelations, go to Pippa, spelled P I P P A, dot I O, and all podcast directories. Music by Lakey Inspire.